On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are crying out for mummy, or rather, mummies, in Mark Gatiss's festive frightener, A Ghost Story for Christmas, colon, lot number 249 on BBC Two. Uh, we're calling Miss Jackson and, frankly, asking her why her ex was a Greek god in Percy Jackson and the Olympians on Disney+. And we're also heading back to the 5th century for a rather grimier take on the Arthurian legend with The Winter King on ITVX. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, more specifically, the last regular Pilot TV Podcast of 2023. Yes, you're going to have to fend for yourselves slightly over the festive period, as you won't have us to bodily throw ourselves in front of televisual bullets for you. Uh, but don't worry, we will leave you relatively well-equipped. Well, as well-equipped, I guess, as we can before we all head off for Christmas. Uh, and joining me today, as you would hope, nay, demand are the two other pointy corners in Pilot TV's <laughs> equilateral triangle. Uh, first up, a woman so entirely consumed with festive cheer, she demanded a hard out during the last Pilot Plus recording so she could attend a modest local carol concert. It's Kay Ribeiro. Hello. Okay, he's he's taking the piss out of me because I wanted to leave as I was um, going to see carols at St Paul's Cathedral. Yeah, just a little 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 local shindig. Who was doing a readings? Was it Joanna Lumley? It was Joe Lumley. It was meant to be Benedict Cumberbatch as well and Richard E. Grant, but they were no-shows. But we had some great people. We had Vanessa Redgrave, you know, all the greats were out. Um, what, where, was, where was Cumberbatch? What was his excuse? Don't know. Unbelievable. No-show. But, you know, he could have been ill, so we don't want to, okay. you know, okay. berate him too much. But it was delightful. Candlelights. Also with us, I should say, is a man who learned to his detriment that even having Russell Tovey on speed dial cannot save you from the capricious nature of transatlantic flight delays. It's Boyd Hilton. How you doing, Boydy? Has the jet lag lifted? Uh, not really. This is the worst jet lag we've ever had for some reason. And I think it might be to do with, if I get into the story, of, of, how, of, of my flight cancellation. And so why for, for all of you listening, Boyd, and honestly, brace yourself, you're not sitting down, you might want to sit a Boyd. Oh, gosh. Had to travel economy. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's actually not true at all. No, he didn't. No, Don't be ridiculous. No, he would no, never travel no, economy. No. Oh. Um, I feel sort of okay because Kay's heard this story. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to tell the story. You, no, listen. Let's not pretend you're not going to talk yeah. about the story. And that's We're, fine. But I would say, <laughs> listeners, this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've heard it. But Strap in. For everyone who isn't Kay, Strap let's in. hear the yeah. story. It also relates to um, what we've been watching. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I, Doubling up. one of the things I watched on the four-hour... Um, <laughs> four-hour wait on the runway while the uh, air conditioning was attended to by a team of engineers. That's the initial reason why the flight couldn't take off. So you were on, um, you were physically on the physically plane, on the waiting plane, to take off? Waiting to take off. His four private hours. jet, by the way. Four Boy hours. <laughs> four hours. Um, so in, during which time, though, I did watch a really good TV series, which I will talk about properly in the What We're Watching section yeah. after this story. <laughs> I'll tell the, sh this, the short version. Basically, like at the moment. <laughs> what happened was that I was supposed to fly back um, uh, Sunday evening, 6.30pm, from JFK to London, so that I'd get, arrive 6.30am the next day, giving me a full day of work, because I had to read proofs of Pete's Christmas double issue. The busiest week in the busiest, heat calendar, double issue. Of, yeah. yeah, but I had it all timed, so that it would be, be perfect you know, when my flight landed, they give me time to go back home, settle in, recover. And attend the event in the evening. Attend the Doctor Who screening in the evening. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was the whole plan. And then, of course, what happened was that um, there was a mixture of the worst rainstorm in recent New York memory to the point where there was flood warnings 
in Manhattan itself, like on the, on TV the night before. I was like, oh, I didn't plan for this. <laughs> like, and I kind of checked the weather when I, I thought, and it was really lovely all the way through. It was sharp, you know, sunny, bit, bit chilly, but fine. And then Sunday, and then so like, yeah, Sunday morning. Like, oh, by the way, there's going to be a m- m- biggest rainstorm for years and years in the New York area, and you know, p- you're, people are advised not to drive. This, and I thought, oh god. So I booked an, a kind of an early taxi to take me to the airport quite early to take that into account I thought and it was the rain hadn't begun properly yet but by the time we were on the plane with this delay the storm had properly gathered pace and it was just torrential outside the window you know while we were waiting for this fucking so it was a mixture of this technical fault and this weather and that basically after four hours of waiting the, the 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 pilot just came on and said i'm so sorry but it's got to the point where it's not safe to take off anyway with this with this weather <laughs> now before you feel too bad for him remember he is in like the deluxe seats right so oh, so what are we talking are we talking business things. are we talking business premium class. Business, business class he's in busy business mm-hmm. class which I, by the way i pay for accrued points over many years of oh no travel. listen we know there are a lot i didn't shell blood, out sweat, like, and tears have gone into this i didn't shell out actual money i just i was using using my my points my flight my virgin points the tovey points that the you get given yes because <laughs> they're called now apparently <laughs> But so it could be much worse. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, first world, ultimate first world problems of sitting there in a lovely seat, yeah. look, sipping champagne, TV, si- literally sipping champagne as well. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, no! For you four hours, and then you are a ridiculous human being. Yeah. <laughs> well, they gave, here's a little detail. They gave oh, when we when champagne. they finally decided that we, this flight was properly cancelled and we would have to troop off the plane. They gave us the the option of eating our meal, having our meal with the, which the steward stu- <laughs> on, on the tarmac. Yeah, on the tarmac. <laughs> and I thought that's just too weird. I, I can't do that. And that, so I, I was with the people who trooped off, but some people well, stayed they, back. They said you could stay on the plane and have your, yeah, your food. Have, yeah, because, you know, in the in business class, it's really nice. Why didn't you food. stay and have the food? I just thought it was, I, initially I thought I would, then I changed my mind. I, I, I just, I just got to sort out, because you've got to sort out where you're going to stay and the whole well, thing. Do, not, do, do they not sort out where you're going to stay? So this is oh, the thing. James, the crux. why would you ask that? This is the crux, <laughs> this is the crux of the story. Oh my God, they didn't trumpet you in the Four Seasons, did they? No, no, no. This is the crux of the story, if only. So you get, you troop, we all trooped off, we get back to the terminal, and this poor, I, I, I felt so sorry. I have to say, the crew were brilliant. They were really apologetic. They were gutted. These virgin, you know, operatives walking around, kind of try, giving us a piece of paper. And basically, everyone's bewildered. No one really knows what to do. But the one virgin says, right, you know, they have to pay for your accommodation for for the night until you you find out. Yeah. You, basically, they were like, go to this hotel and this, and we've blocked booked some rooms. You'll be fine. You'll get free food and drink, or if they charge you, just you know get your receipts and we'll pay it. We'll pay for the taxi there, like ten minutes away. And this bloke literally showed me. He goes, this is the it's called the JFK Hilton, and you know go there ten minutes away in a taxi. It'll be fine. And then you wait while you're when you're yeah. there for instructions from us as to which flight we've booked you into to take you back and we'll email you or we'll update your app and all that. So, okay, that sounds reasonable. We're so on I the got, journey with him. So this is like about midnight by now. Um, I got a taxi to the to the JFK Hilton. I got there, pulled up. The taxi driver goes, here you are. I said, oh yeah, thanks, got out. We, I have my, the, the torrential rain was being torrential and I had my bags with me and the taxi goes off, leaves me there. And as I walk up to the front of this hotel... It's not opening. The doors aren't opening. You know, the kind of electronic doors that normally open. And they're not opening. And I was thinking, oh, because it's late. Maybe there's just like a special side yeah. door where you go. And so it was torrential rain. I was like, I couldn't, I was sit, peering into the, into the front door. And I could see a kind of group of people in there. Like, and I kind of banged on the door a bit. So maybe they'll come and get me. But they, they couldn't hear me. But I could see there was definitely some people in there. So I thought, this, you know, this is it. So I walked around the side. I was like walking around the side. In the, I cannot emphasize how torrential this rain was. And I was like, I could not see anywhere to go. And then I finally I could see this door, open door, right around the back of the hotel. And I had to clamber over a fence. I'm not kidding you. To get there. <laughs> to 
clutching my bags <laughs> in the torrential it's rain. Like Taken Three. It was honestly, it was like Taken Three meets Alan Partridge, <laughs> and I uh, clambered over this fence. Walked through this open door, drenched like a drowned rat. And this guy looks at me, gets up out of this whole group of people who are at the bar, basically, living living La Vida Loca, playing music, having a lovely time. This bloke goes to me, who are you? And I went, I'm just, um, I was on the passenger on the cancelled Virgin flight. They sent me here and said they block books and rooms. He went, not here, no. This is this hotel's been decommissioned. We're we're all having our last few nights in the hotel, the staff, and we're just here. Like, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's no members of the public here. I was like, what? I was like, what do you send me here? I said, this is the JFK Hilton, right? And he goes, yeah, but there's another JFK Hilton <laughs> ten minutes away, which is called the JFK Hilton Garden Inn. And that's the one they should have sent you to. And I was like, "Fuck!" So I literally sent this guy sent me to, sent me to the wrong one. I'm afraid. So I had to get another cab from this place, and I got to the right one, the other JFK Hilton, ten minutes away. Walked in like a drowned rat, and those doors did open. There were some lovely women behind the front desk. <gasps> who were like, and they didn't have a suite. <laughs> They didn't have a suite. They, they, put, they did, but it they wasn't the were, one with the gold speedo. I went, they were like, how are you? And I went, wet, like that. And I said, there's Virgin block book rooms in there? And they went, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I said, oh, good, because I was sent to the wrong <laughs> JFK. And they went, oh, yeah, that's been decommissioned. I was like, yeah, I know. And I didn't know the party that the staff were having there. It seemed yeah. like it might have been a rager. Oh, I'd have stayed there. That would have been a whale of a time. Um, so, yeah, I stayed up in this kind of travel tavernish um, style Hotel, American Partridge, basically. It was very American Partridge. They were they were so nice, the, the staff though, and there were loads of like disgruntled British people like just hanging out. But my they they put me the flight they put me on was literally more more than twenty four hours after the initial one. So I, I had think to there's wait. A reclaiming going. On I had there. to wait about like twenty eight hours. I spent the whole day in this travel tavern reading these proofs on my on my laptop <laughs> and just basically sitting there watching stuff. We had and, a nice chat while you were yeah. there, didn't we? We had a nice chat, yeah. I spoke to Kay, told her. Did I tell you yeah. on the phone? Okay. I heard, all... I heard uh, that's the first version I heard. <laughs> Life and direct. Did I tell you? Oh, God. Obviously, I was completely delirious at this point. And I think, in answer to your question, am I jet lagged? <laughs> this is the worst chat I've ever had. And I think it's because of that day spent just hanging out at this, at this travel tavern. Um, in in limbo. That's that's horrible. But I'm um, okay. Can you imagine having to spend a day in a four star hotel? Would that I would oh fuck God. you up, right? I mean, literally, it I was couldn't not think of anything worse. I'm not complaining. <laughs> in any way, it was not four star. And and, and you know, <laughs> he's not complaining, James. W- I, I, did the room service not come quickly? Like like, what were the issues <laughs> that you had to deal with? <laughs> was your pillow quite fluffy? Because that can be really he, bad. He was like Princess in the Pea. Um, yeah, right. He was he's like, like there's no you- mint. Where's the turndown <laughs> service? I'm just outraged by this whole situation. I'm glad you've amused yourself. No, listen. To be fair to him, and this is the eighth time now of hearing that story <laughs> but to be fair to him the thing I did feel bad about was the thing he was most excited about other than going to New York and having a, a living it up for his birthday was coming back for the Doctor yeah, Who screening Doctor Who. and well, he missed it let me remind you not only was I, was I coming back for the Doctor Who screening I actually changed my flight from my original booking <laughs> to come back in time for the that Doctor Who that's a double yeah. whammy because mm. I, I only found out you know about three weeks ago when the Doctor Who screening actually was taking place I booked this ticket six months ago it was in a sale. That's why. another reason why I got, you know, went, yeah. I went um, business class because it was in like a proper big sale. And you so, paid to move it. I didn't have to pay that much, thankfully, to move okay. it. But I had paid something to move it, put it that way. And so I was like doubly frustrating. <laughs> I, you know, I emailed a lot of these people at the BBC saying, sorry, I can't go there. And I messaged Russell T. Davis, Russell T. Davis on Instagram and he took the piss back <laughs> quite brilliantly, I have to say. Like, well, we managed without you, you know, kind of. I don't, we, somehow we made it through. And I was like, yeah, very funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my story. And 
During the four-hour um, wait on the tarmac, that bit, I watched a TV series, and a TV series in its entirety, um, and it's the and it's Steven Soderbergh's Full Circle, which is one yes. of many um, shows that have not reached British TV yet. Mm. It's like oh, a handful. It's um, I think it's an HBO Max. Uh, yeah, HBO Max. There's loads of Max shows because HBO. Well, Max, they're making room for them. Apparently, did you hear that Watchmen got taken off Max? Yeah, it's been removed off yeah. the service. Outrageous. I don't understand why, but that's mad. Luckily, I've got Watchmen on D- on Blu-ray. So yeah, I, I hope some people have because yeah. it's, it's a brilliant series, bona fide classic. That's you know. the best of the shows that they've taken off, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I, I watched Full Circle, which is a six-parter, and I watched. I, 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 what was funny was I had time to watch the first four hours of it. And then I, then they, we, we had to disembark, and I literally had to watch the rest of them. I found it, found it on my, uh, on my laptop using. Well, that's Mar- a sign of yeah. how good it was. Anyway, yeah, it's not hasn't come to British TV yet. It's written by Ed Solomon, directed entirely by Steven Soderbergh. It's like a six-hour Steven Soderbergh film. Okay, and um, it's bloody fucking brilliant. Mm. And if it had been on, bloody fucking, bloody fucking brilliant. If it had mm. been on British TV, it'd be a contender for my top. 20 of the year, easily. Wow. Because it's it's really, really good. It's basically, it stars Zazie Beetz yep. as a cop, a New York City cop called Mel Harmony. And she, Great name. Yeah. She investigated, there's a botched kidnapping whereby this really um, successful couple played by Claire Danes and Tim Lee, Timothy Oliphant, and Claire Danes' dad, played by Dennis Quaid, is like a celebrity chef. He's like Gordon Ramsay figure, kind mm. of very famous celebrity chef. And they and they and the, um, Claire Danes and Timothy Oliphant's son is kidnapped, but the kidnappers get the wrong boy. They don't. It's not his son. They get another boy instead, and it all kind of spins off from there. And there's also a brilliant role, CCH Pounder, who's a British actress, who's fantastic name, brilliant name. She's been in loads of stuff. You recognise her. Oh, actually, she's Guyanese-born American actress. Sorry, she's not British at all. I thought she was British. She is has this quite kind of weird um, obsession with a circle, as in the title, full circle. And something bad happened to her uh, in the past. She basically runs a kind of crime family, pretty much. Mm. And she has this mad superstition about fixing this circle. Which and she was the one who kind of ordered these people to kidnap this kid, and so the kind of the action bounces between her people, who are like a, a crime family, the rich wealthy New Yorkers, the son, the boy that was kidnapped by mistake, the police, and all of these and others, other characters who are kind of on the edges of this circle. And what's brilliant about the whole thing is it starts out as one thing, like a kidnapping thriller, effectively, and turns into this really weird um, drama where all these different people are connected somehow uh, without giving anything more away. I feel like I've heard this before. Was it all... Your Honour. Was there a show called Your Honour? Yeah. There's something it like that some, happened yeah, it has The Brian Cranston show. Yeah. yeah mm. it has, there are some similarities to Your Honour. But what I think this is even better, and it's partly because Steven Soderbergh has directed the fuck out of it, basically. Did he do it on an iPhone? He, he, he did. Right, there are bits of it which are a little bit like they're done on an iPhone, but not. So mm. there, are bits, there, are, there, are, there are bits of it where he's following characters in almost real time as they're going from one place to another. There's a brilliant scene in which one of the characters' mobile phone runs out of power, and they have to run around New York it's all set and the other brilliant thing about watching it for me was it was all set in parts of New York I'd literally walked through <laughs> during my weekend my, my, my visit is there a bit where they spend four hours on the tarmac at JFK <laughs> I mean there could have been because it would. It was weird how, the extent to which they literally had places like Washington Square half of the whole thing is in Washington Square Park where I'd hung out a little bit with my mate Neil anyway um it was j- he. Br- this is Neil Diamond for those listeners. <laughs> Deadly. He, if only. Lovely friends with Neil Diamond. Legend. Legend. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, he directs it just brilliantly, following these people around like with a camera. You, you can't quite work out how he's done it because you know they, there's loads of one shots, loads of single takes, um, which go on for a long time. But anyway, I just thought it was so brilliantly gripping and compelling. Uh, I loved it. So the, the the kind of the the upside of the whole delayed played experience was getting to watch Full Circle <laughs> and before and I don't know when eventually it will get, mm. get, get here, but it really should come quite soon because it's excellent. Yeah, there's a whole lot. Well, we haven't had either of the most recent Walking Dead spin-offs, which I know mm. Kay is very upset about. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's, another, there's been a second series of Wolf Like Me. Remember Wolf Like yes, Me? Yes. With Josh Gad and Isla yeah. Fisher, which was great. Yeah. Haven't had that yet either. Yeah. And there's that other one, which is also on the flight, actually, which I nearly watched, which is another HBO Max show, which I can't remember the name of. But anyway, <laughs> he says pointlessly. <laughs> okay, but that's good. I'm going to yeah. add that to my list. If yeah. we ever get to watch it, that would be lovely. Okay. What have you watched while sitting on a plane or, you know, frankly, in your front room? I have watched um, series two of Fisk now. Do you remember me talking about this? Um, no. What? James, you must do, because um, I know you Fist. listen to every... Fisk. No, Fisk. Oh. As in I Wilson listen... Fisk, the oh. kingpin of crime. Yes, right. No. Oh. As in Helen Tudor Fisk, uh, the uh, main character in the Australian co- comedy on Netflix. Um. Now, I talked about it because I watched the first series whenever it was out, and the second just dropped with, I think, little fanfare, because I didn't know it was on, um, and I just devoured the whole thing. It's about... So it's created by Kissy Flanagan, who plays Helen Tudor Fisk, who is a divorced wife who goes back to her law... Career at this really sort of like pokey solicitors, I guess, mm. um, and while she's still living at home, and it's just really funny. It's like it's one of those comedies where not much happens, but it's all about the characters, and um, yeah, it's great. Good, good. I'm all about brevity this episode. Okay, what, what good to know. Did you say Netflix? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Fisk. Netflix. Net. Netfisk. Netflix. Cool. Anyway. Netfisk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched that, and then other things that you won't be interested in, like I had a preview of the EastEnders Christmas episode. James, I'm going to yeah, skip over okay. that. Yes. Um, Not more than that. You hosted. You hosted Kay the EastEnders Christmas yes, special Q and A. And then you hosted the Agatha Christie drama. I, I mean, did. talk about taking my uh, hard-earned he, jobs away from what? me. He's been very um, down in the mouth about that. No, he hasn't. He has teased me about it. Murder is easy. Is the Agatha Christie one I told you about? When you had all the talent on stage did you begin your Q&A by saying I expect you're all wondering why I've gathered you here this evening <laughs> I should have done did you see my notes Next yes time. I did Next it time. was fantastic uh, introduction you know you did coin a, a phrase didn't you about Christmas and Agatha Christie Kay tell, tell us tell the listeners Agatha Christmas was it Agatha Christmas Christmas yeah Christmas because I said Christmas isn't Christmas without a classic who done, uh, Agatha Christie whodunit yeah. so yeah and I said the BBC can have that for free apparently actual Agatha Christie's Grandson? Uh, Great-grandson. Great-grandson. Yeah. James Pritchard was there, yeah. And um, the writer, the director, we had all the cast. I would recommend, um, if you love Agatha Christie, to watch it. But I've told you this before, it, it doesn't have Miss Marple or Poirot. But we, we should, this is the kind of thing, this is why every year I make this point, I'm going to make it again. Go on. We should do another podcast covering stuff between Christmas and New Year. Because <laughs> all the best, some of the best shows of the year. So, for example, The Tourist and yeah. Mr. Thingy versus The Post Office yeah, the are on the same time show. on New Year's Day. Mm. And we're not covering them because yeah. of the stupid. Because you're too lazy. Though, it's because yeah, it's to, my. I'm so bone idle. Really, yeah. is what it comes down we to. We always say that to you. Pull yeah. your bloody yeah. finger. I am so so yeah. lazy that yeah. for reasons passing understanding. I want to have one week off a year. I mean, I know, I know I what you're saying. It's, it's extraordinary it and is. indulgent. Yeah, but you know, yeah. what can I say? That's how I roll. Well, I, I'm I'm just apologising so to the listeners, basically. I'm that we won't get, yeah. So I'm flagging it. Murder is easy. 27th and 28th of December. BBC One. Yeah. Um, it's great. 
So if you're wondering what, what Kay was doing, it was Agatha all along. Mm, very good. Yeah. Yep. Flash forward to the that's new a, section. That's a Marvel nerdy reference. Kay. Also, the name of the upcoming Agatha Coven of Chaos, which is now called Agatha All Along. Oh, uh, unless, of course, it was Agatha All Along, All Along. But that's unclear. How have yeah. you managed to ruin this for me? <laughs> Never <laughs> underestimate me. Uh, good, good. Okay, that was fun. So I don't have much to share because it occurred to me this week that I had mainly watched two shows and those were, unfortunately, Friends and the West Wing because oh, it's that time no, of year. No, 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 and I'm not going to no. talk about wait, wait, wait. it. I'm not going to talk about no, it. No, no. It's fine, but I do think at some point... Maybe now, maybe next, ex- mm. next episode. We have to, an intervention, yeah. Because yeah. this is well, like but it's that time insane. of year, isn't it? You want comfort, you want familiarity. James, four months ago you were talking about this. Yeah, still. okay, that's true. Mm. I mean, it's never going to stop because the West Wing's always on repeat, but my friend's rewatch is ongoing. And but, like Friends isn't. But there was a bit, yeah. there was a bit, so I was on the illness. train last night, like going home, and I was like, oh my God, I've only watched The West Wing and Friends. Like, what am I going to talk about on the podcast when we record it tomorrow? I was like, I've got to watch something now. So I fired up my iPad. I was like, right. I've got a big old watch list here. What can I watch that I can then talk about? Actually, could it be for all mankind? Should I press on with Fall of the House of Usher? You know, I've still got to get through bodies. You know, what, what should I press on with? So I watched another episode of Banshee and uh, <laughs> self really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It was great. There was a rave. People got punched. It was extraordinary. Um, there were boobs, obviously, which was great to watch on the train. So that was slightly awkward. I did, again, have to angle the uh, the iPad away from the oh, woman next worse. to me. Yeah. Because then you look like just a dirty pervy trying yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was trying to, yeah. to, to obscure the screen because, you know, it is a bit it is a bit. She nudie. knows you're looking at boobs. She yeah. knows you're that guy. That's so just own it. Yeah, I should have done, but I didn't. Um, so, yeah, so a bit banshee. The only other thing I have watched is I have watched One Day. <gasps> have you? How? Is it on the thing? What? It's on my thing. <laughs> did you request it specially? I couldn't possibly say. Yes, you did, you little <laughs> shit. Wait. This is Netflix, right? This is Netflix. Oh, I really this want to see Netflix. one day. Yes, which is the Can an adaptation of the well? insert name of person who wrote the book, Nichol- David, Nichols. David Nichols. That's it. You don't deserve to watch <laughs> it because you don't even know. No, exactly. Fucking author. I'm like friendly with David Nichols Are you? as well. Yeah. Oh, of clearly he likes does. me more because I mean, like, he gave me a show. Fucking hell, right? Here we go. I'm just firing <laughs> off an email as we speak. Can you ask for me as well? Please? Um and have you guys did you have you guys seen the film? Did you like the No, it was disappointing. It was very disappointing. I mean it wasn't terrible. It was just it was partly it was Anne Hathaway doing a British accent wasn't it? It, was, it was an issue I seem to remember I mean I haven't watched it since since the day it came out mm. but it wasn't great and it, it does I think it's good that this is so this is like a 14 part is that right half I, hour I can't remember chunks. exactly how many episodes but yes it There's is it is half episodes. hour chunks yeah which makes more sense because obviously mm. it's all about catching yeah. up with the same so you get your half hour per yeah. day essentially there. so this sounds like a much more sensible way of doing it than trying to turn it into a two hour wrong yeah comment. it lends itself to this format 100% right. but I obviously cannot tell you anything about the quality of it for his embargoed yeah. it's, Leo, it's Leo Woodall who was the scene stealer from um, White Lotus, Lotus Season 2 he was the guy who was having sex with his uncle in Ah, uh, yes. Remember? Yes. And um, fully naked throughout mm-hmm. that series. And um, Spoiler, he is not fully nude during the opening scene of this first episode. <laughs> the opening scene, but you know. I'm saying nothing about okay. the subsequent scenes. Oh, okay. And, um, who, and, the, and Abigail gonna, Mod, yeah, this who is, is absolutely genius in This Is Going To Hurt, yeah. So that uh, that's, you know, they're two brilliant actors. I'm very excited to see it, yeah. But you've already seen it, so. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, I know you can't tell because this is my default position, but this is my smug face that I have on at yeah, the moment. I'm just trying to looks it. a lot like my yeah, regular smug yeah. face, but this is but a special smug face. This is good news though because it means that you know I can get a hold of them and give give myself a treat. I mean, for the weekend. But, but can you, boy? That's the question. You know, you don't give these things out to anyone. Oh, James, you know, do not you've got to be very special. Those of us, heart, James, try your hardest not to be a dick. <laughs> those Come of us on. who got slow horses literally months uh, before it aired. Just, uh, yeah, those of us who <laughs> desperately, <laughs> desperately try to get these things first and actually request them blatantly. <laughs> Whereas I just sit back, I sit back and let them come to me as and when they will. Yeah. This is embarrassing. Okay, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay, okay. Anyway, that is what we've been watching. Uh, shall we have some form of listener question? God, yes. Oh, Kay's got the look of panic. The look of panic that uh, that oh, gives shit, away the fact that I did not share anything with you. Oh, ahead good. Of time. I thought I'd uh, missed it. No, you have not failed to prepare for something because I've given you nothing to prepare for. Uh, I haven't even looked, so I'm just going to randomly pull the things out of the great big post bag. Um, oh, scroll! I'll say stop. Okay, go on. Go on. <laughs> stop. On. Okay, this is a this is a tweet. Oh, I was a tweet thread, uh, mm. and this comes from Constantine, 1987, and Constantine says. I introduced Star Trek to my girlfriend by oh, showing this her... this is a fix. Look, this is a bloody fix. <laughs> mm. Look at him. You're such a dick. Hey, no, you might like this one. You guys, I introduced Star Trek to my girlfriend by showing her Deep Space Nine Series 5 Episode 3, which of course you know well, okay? Mm-hmm. Looking for Parmach in all the wrong places... And she loved it. I so okay. So how you know this? So this is the Cyrano de Bergerac episode where Worf really fancies this Klingon woman called like Griska or something like that. And but he can't court her because he's been discommendated by the Klingon Council. Therefore, is dishonoured. So what he does is he helps Quark win her love by Cyrano Cyrano de Bergeracking him by feeding him lines. And then when Quark has to do ritual Klingon combat. Worf uses some some like a body control thing so he can essentially take over Quark's body and fight with his batleth uh, in the arena. You which didn't is... pick this out randomly. Boy, Tell us a bit more about that hotel. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but and but oh, hey, oh, but it works oh. out well at the end because Worf gets to shag Jadzia Dax and you know everyone wanted to do that, so that was good. But anyway, anyway, and let's go on. Constantine continues. He goes on saying, "I chose this episode as the first to show her because it's so much fun and great character work. Also, I wanted to give an example using Star Trek that because I am on the autism spectrum, I don't always get social cues or pick up on what is right in front of me. Just like Worf, he is clueless to the advances of Dax until she has to be very blunt in her communication with him, and then." he understands her. I once saw a post that said Worf has the Klingon equivalent to being on the autism spectrum and that changed how I viewed him as a character and made me relate to his character on a much deeper level than before. For me, it's a three-way tie between Worf, Data and Spock from Strange New Worlds uh, and yes, Boyd Hilton, I am sure that I would appreciate Spock from the original series, yes. but it's so hard for me to get into something so glacially paced. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought this was a really fascinating sort of like thing about Worf, because I totally get that depiction of Worf, because his, his whole dynamic is that fish out of water thing. He is a Klingon in a non-Klingon society, and he's slightly out of sync with everyone around him. He's not quite on everyone's wavelength, so he does constantly feel like he's... Sound like? <laughs> No. Are you seriously <laughs> telling us you picked this out randomly? No. Yes. And listen, 2024 is the year that I take over the post bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. The year of Kay's triage mm-hmm. system. Do you know what? I would happily give up the I mean, triage to you. That is a, it's a lot of work. Do you know yeah. what? From now on, okay, this is good. Well, <laughs> From next year, Kay is in charge of all communications. Yeah. I'm 100% willing to give that to you. All right, I'll consider it over the holidays. <laughs> Hang on, we've gone from you're taking it off me to you will not take it from me. Oh, all right, I'm going to give it a trial. For January, I'll do it and see how all I right, get on. All right, yeah, we can see what happens. 
Excellent. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, are you going to do another? Another? Are we going to do another yeah, roulette? Go on. Go on. Okay. Hang on. Scroll. Let me Tell let me, me let me bring up the 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 post baggy thing. As okay. if you're doing it, you're just choosing these, aren't you? No. Okay. No, I'm, 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 Hold your phone up to Boyd and I so we can see scrolling. Well, we have to avoid the ones at the top because all these are review of the okay, year fine. ones. Okay, fine. Go on. So, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah. Okay. Oh, stop. This one Trek. comes from Captain, no, no, sorry, Commander Benjamin Sisko of Deep Space Nine. And he says, no, what? this one comes from, <laughs> wow. This one comes from John. And John says, hello, love the podcast. Although I'm not 100% sure how it would fit, I wanted to recommend trying a show that has something for all three of you. Ooh. There is a series on Prime called Undone. Without wanting to spoil anything, there is a touch of parallel universiness to it, but that left, that's left open to interpretation, as well as strong family dynamics and relationships for those less enamoured by the weirdness. It's all rotoscoped, and I promise even Boyd won't have seen its like. As I said, something for everyone, and I'd love it if you gave it a shot. Bracket, also, Bob Odenkirk is in it, so that's not nothing either. We either reviewed the first uh, series. I don't think we did. Or, oh, okay. Or I, uh, I certainly watched it. I, th- oh. I, I might have reviewed it in my mind. I, th- I definitely watched it, and I think I reviewed it for what was then the pilot TV magazine, the supplement. Oh, which, wow, yeah, that was a long time ago. It was, yeah, which came out. So I think this does go back quite a long way. Um, it was probably one of the later issues of that supplement. But there, you know, that's that's what started the whole pilot TV um, brand, of course. Uh, but I've definitely seen it, and it was really good. It was excellent and beautifully, beautifully done. So yeah. this is Undone, not to be confused with Something Undone yes. that we reviewed the other week, is or Coming yeah, Undone, it, yeah. which is Terry's series, which yeah. is yet to oh, come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excited about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is Undone. Yeah, no, it, it is very good. No, I, I heartily agree. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth giving it a go. Do you feel there's something for Kay in there? Yeah, I think so, because it's got a pretty compelling, it's got a really good opening scene that kind of draws you in. And and the, and because it is rotoscoped animation, which is it's more life, it's more like human, humans kind of... Thank you for explaining that to me, because when he said it, I was like, what? Yeah, ro- yeah. It's um, it's basically that kind of, <laughs> this is a really simplistic way of looking at it. It's like they trace over mm-hmm. live action people, actually actors, to create this kind of uh, beautiful effect. Which thing he uses, um, the director of, you know, Richard Linklater. Boy, Richard Linklater. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yes, <laughs> he uses it a lot in a lot of his, in his animated films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you. Mm. It's prompted by the fact that Max have, for reasons passing understanding, essentially deleted Watchmen from existence. Mm. Uh, and as obviously some of us watched the two star film that was Leave the World Behind, uh, uh, you will know that shut the fuck up. <laughs> you will know that you know the importance of physical media cannot be overstated because streaming is ephemeral and the internet can go down. So I would put it to each of you. There's a, think of a scenario. Think of a scenario. A scenario. We, we can't think of a scenario because <laughs> yeah. we're not in America. I think of a scenario. Sorry. Yeah. Think of a scenario. <laughs> in this scenario, you are okay. Right. You've been. You've. You're at home. Mm-hmm. Virgin have called. Your flight's been moved up without warning. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of what happened to Boyd. Right. You've got to get to the airport, and the country's on fire, <laughs> and you can only save a few items from your house. And what you have chosen to save, for reasons that don't really matter, mm. maybe because Boyd was in the kitchen, and that's where he keeps his DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You have chosen to save three box sets, mm. only three. Okay. That you can take with you for your new life wherever you're going to end up. And in the in the Hilton, whatever is JFK. Yeah. So so Garden Inn. Exactly. The Garden Inn. You can live there forever. Yeah. <laughs> so so what three box sets would you say? Yeah, I question. haven't got a lot of box sets. So 
All right, okay, imagine for Kay's benefit. Towers. I'm taking 40 Kay towers gets to go to HMV first and yeah, buy some boxes. You literally have, have to do ones you've actually got. But what, yeah. Well, he said we're at home. No, so I mean, I'm, I'm being I'm giving Kay, I'm giving yeah. Kay, I'm giving Kay a brief window where she yeah. can get stuff off Amazon. Yeah. Okay. By so, the way, the, you know the HMV store on, on Oxford Street? It's back. It's back. Yeah. Which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's except not. HMV now isn't really what HMV was. Oh, HMV no now is a bit of a cave full of manga stuff. It's not really the bastion. You say they don't have DVDs and Blu-rays? Oh, I think they do. They do, but it just feels like whenever I go into HMVs now I always feel they, they feel like slightly sinister like mm. they're really dingy and they're full of like little plastic toys and stuff and it, they're not like I always remembered them as these sort of like cathedrals yes, of film and yes. music and I yes. loved them I spent so much yeah. time in them oh, gotcha. and now I find them a bit sad oh okay but it's good news that it's back generally anyway Kate, anyway you've been you to can go there you've been to, you the, to the weird right. Circus. Okay, yeah. the Bond first thing, oh, I'm going to get Veep <laughs> Yeah. Right. So you want Veep. That's yeah. your. So that's. that's Because bear in mind, these are going to be the only box sets you're ever going to have. Yeah. So you've got to think Veep about A. Shows you're going to want to keep, but also, also shows that you think are at risk you know like they may disappear like will you always be able to, so Fawlty Towers I feel like you'll always be able to get because it'll be on the BBC iPlayer will be here long after all of us are dead so you know Wait, I feel like BBC's office yeah, no, scenarios this is mad, mad. No? I'm, adding a, I'm, adding, I'm, adding, yeah. I'm going for complicated to get? guess which ones might disappear <laughs> I mean that is bonkers alright fine okay this carry, on. carry on carry on yeah just pick the ones you'd miss yeah <laughs> I'm no longer invested in this game. Well, Veep, Veep, Veep is HBO, and as we've as we have learned to our peril, like it's not safe All on right, there. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going to take Veep. I'm going to take. I'll help you. No, I want Crossroads. No. Poirot. Oh my god. Yeah. Would you? Which I it's not you, really peak I? TV. Is I've it? got it. Yeah, of course. I, I've got. Yeah, yeah. I bought, I bought Kate a present of Poirot boxes. That's very good. Of you. And also, you also yeah. got me Girls on Top. Yeah, because I, mean, I was obsessed. That's with that. old school. Yes. Yeah. I used to, as a kid, I used to watch that all the time and can still quote bits. I'm reasonably certain that you shouldn't have been watching that at whatever age no. you were watching it. I mean, it all went over my head. Like, mm -hmm. I, the songs I was singing now, I I'm bet like, they were. Mm. Um, and Boyd got so bored of me singing it and then on my birthday, I opened it up and he bought it for me. Um, what's the one with Lisa Kudrow that got cancelled that I'm obsessed with? The comeback. With? Right, I'd take the comeback. That's a left field choice. Yeah. No, that's a good call. It's yeah. great. It's great, yeah. And I haven't watched it to it, death and it's like, yeah. and it's, um, yeah, it deserves more airtime, so... Uh, there are two, and then what will be the third one? I might take some. Uh, I want to take a British comedy. Maybe I take um, The Office or something like that. You think? Mm. Okay, good. Mine's good. really obvious. Okay, oh, me, it's Frasier. Yeah. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. <laughs> and it's Seinfeld. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's literally those three. Because they're my comfort. You know, I just watch them all the time. Yeah, what anyway. if you want something that isn't a comedy? No, the dra drama isn't as, doesn't bear. I repeat viewing for drama is a very rare thing for me. <gasps> yeah, me too. I know me you, too. you. This is Absolutely. where I live. I mean, the West, because in a way, the West Wing is comedy. You see, so I kind of understand. Is I it? get that. Well, yeah, there's loads of jokes. It is funny. Of, it's know, drama. It's funny, but it's funny all the way through. It's funny yeah. all the way through. Very strong vein of humour. It's so, witty and smug. My favourite things. Yeah, but to, for for a drama to be that comedic is quite rare, and, and what one of the genius things about it actually. But so I can see why I, I, it would be a contender. The West mm. I absolutely love it, and I love and that and it does bear rewatching as you've proof because you rewatch every fucking minute. But for me, it's much easier to rewatch comedy. So it's just like 
absolute yeah, joy. Whereas to and find also, a drama, even like the 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 giants of TV drama, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, mm. like all those Six Feet Under, all the ones that people trot out constantly, quite rightly. Even Succession, Succession, it was a contender because that's funny all the way through. But then well. it's kind of like you're almost asking, like, what is a show that you almost couldn't survive not being able to watch again? Yeah, well, that is isn't the question. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? That's part, kind of what we're saying. Yeah. Like you, the one that you just like. So for me, Friends would 100 percent be yeah. on there. Yeah, because no. I'd have to be able to rewatch right. that. Yeah, well, Frasier is my friends. I prefer Frasier and Friends. Always have done. Right, right yeah, from when I mean that's went out. ridiculous, but sure. Huh. Uh, <laughs> it's just better. The West Wing would not be on my list. Oh. Do you know why? Uh, there is never a point where I'd be separated from it long enough that I would need to go and get the box set. Like it's clearly already with me. That's absolutely fine. That's in the bag, literally. So wait, uh, what do you mean? What uh, this? Wait, like, this question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I might be, I might be being really. No, thick, it is weird. He said to yeah. us, "You're in your house." Yeah. There's a fire. Yeah. You have to take three boxes. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Then it turned out, okay, yeah. you can go to HMV. Yeah. We have right? to guess which ones then, might be. Yeah, dropped. guess which ones might be yeah. dropped off the streamers. And now, but, yeah, and now apparently like, you walk around with a box service. Yeah, place. it's like a Swiss Army knife. It's yeah. always in my pocket. All right, show yeah. us your West Wing then. Come on. That's what you Steady. Yeah, that's thoroughly <laughs> inappropriate in a workplace <laughs> environment. Get your West Wing out. For yeah. the never, <laughs> never show someone your West Wing on a first no. date. Uh, no, I. Uh, I yeah, yeah. That makes no sense yeah, whatsoever. James, come on. What's going on? Have you had too much caffeine? It's possible. We did have our Christmas lunch today. So I am kind of full of carbs. Um, Too much. Okay, yeah. So obviously I would have the West Wing. Uh, but, and, but, yeah, but I'm trying not to go full board. and be like, it'd be the West Wing, it'd be Balanced Hunger. Well, you're, like, you're, you're, both, you're the, both predictable. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Just answer the effing yeah. question. Right? <laughs> Let's be done with this. Is Come that, on. All right, fine. Yes, it would, in it's fact, be the West Wing and Balanced Hunger Lounge and Friends. Well, by the yes. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Do you know what this is? This is your airport story. Is yeah. it? Yeah. What is it is. And also what's funny is I can't wait for the for the reader's response, which is going to be, you know, one of the red times we get listener interactions when we read out their questions and James has taken over the listener question turned into his own listener yeah. question to James explain to us why oh, apparently God. the West Wing is always at his disposal and a really yeah. shit and but I just, a really shit question I needed a way to be able to squeeze Game of Thrones into the list you know that's how that's the reason oh, why so gosh. I wanted to have the West Wing like reserved as an, as an always there so that I could then get Game of Thrones in there <laughs> I just, genuinely hilarious. I'm not for, <laughs> lost words. Okay, good. It's brilliant. I think we've answered that question. Yeah, if you, question. like me, would like to submit a question to the Pilot TV podcast, do right. feel free. Just so you know, in January when I'm handling yeah, the triage system, yeah. that would not I get think, through the bullshit filter. Okay. Thinking about it now, I think it's a good thing. So we're replacing the triage yeah. system with the bullshit filter. Is yeah. that what's happening? Yeah. Yes. None of none of James's questions are getting through. Anything that's yeah. like vaguely like... Uh, something like that a the, lunatic would make. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the, the Lisa of the Wolf and Owl podcast, aren't you? Yes. Uh, Ramashranga Nathan's wife, Lisa, don't t- trolls through um, the. She de triages there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, she does a very good yeah. job. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. Go. So if you have a question for the Pilot TV podcast, do send it to Kay Ribeiro on Instagram. <laughs> Although, oh, do no. you have your Instagram no. or has it still been hacked? Mine's been hacked. I'm no longer on Instagram. So um, I just have to have access to the pilot one. Which I know James. Oh no, I'm 100% happy to give you access to it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Then by all means, try and send them to at Pilot TV Pod Mm -hmm. and Kay. I'm excited about. We'll this. receive them there. We're going to have a new structure, and I'm I'm going to make this a franchise, a special K franchise. Special K, yeah. yes, very good. Uh, okay, think of that. Yeah, Let, let's uh, let's see how that goes. Um, okay, good. That's one less thing for me to do. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, that was the listener question. Shall we have some news? Yes. Let's yes. get into some news. Now, were I being particularly nasty, I would I would take that look of panic on Kay's face and say, Kay, tell us what news you have brought with you to the podcast, but I won't do that. Instead, I will say, Boydie, 
Well, there was some news just today, actually. We're recording on uh, Thursday the 14th, and I was surprised, I have to say, when it comes to announcements of um, recommissioned new series. Do you know what I'm going to say, James? I know you're, you've been you're It's possible. No, I'm, I'm looking this, at the news, actually. This news arrived today at 14.07. Oh, then was it Good Omens yes. is coming back for a third and good, final who, season? Who knew? Yeah, good, who I knew? mean, I quite like Good Omens. I, I, I much preferred... It was fine. Yeah, season two <laughs> to season one. I did not. Uh, no, I know. But I, I liked it. I, but it, I still think it's surprising it's coming back for a third series because it can't be cheap. It's quite expensive to me. Yeah, it expensive. doesn't look cheap. Um, so that's it must do really well, presumably, on uh, on the Prime video. So yeah, it's coming back for an ineffable third and final season, it says in the press release. Um, and yeah, there you go. As I say, I'm surprised. Colour me surprised. That's the first bit of news, Kay. I've got a bit of news. So they um, have shared some first look pictures of Glenn Close in upcoming drama The New Look. Did anyone get that email? Yes. So basically, she will be playing Carmel Snow, the legendary editor-in-chief of the iconic fashion magazine Harper's Bazaar. Um, It's a historical drama series, and it's from Todd A. Kessler, and I'm excited about it. And it's, sorry, uh, crucially, I haven't even told you the bloody channel, Apple TV+. Tell us the channel, Mm -hmm. Apple TV+. Um, Also, they put out first look of the the show Ripley, which is the... Believe um, it or not. Exactly. No, it is the Stephen Zalian who is the Stephen's very, alien yeah. Ripley. Stephen, Stephen's alien. Stephen. This is extraordinary. Stephen. <laughs> Steve Zalian, who created among other things the Night of. Remember how brilliant that was? One of the best. I limited, do. It's amazing. Limited yeah. series ever. And this is his version of the talented Mister Ripley. That character of Tom Ripley from the talented Mister Ripley from the Patricia Highsmith books with Andrew Scott playing. That character. Oh, oh that's Scott. good. I'm casting. really excited about this. Um, and um, it's got Johnny Flynn's in it from The Lovers. Oh, your favorite. yes. I yeah. like him a lot. Yeah. Um, he's the guy. So um, it, it, he's, he's the Greenleaf character. In the film, it was Jude Law it was. and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. So here it's those two instead. Um, and Dakota Fanning's in it as well. And this is my big name drop story for the week. I think three years ago, maybe even longer, I gave a, a heat award to to um, Andrew Scott. Yes. Unmissable awards um, for his performance that year and whatever. I think it was in Sexy Priest Days for mm-hmm. Fleabag. And he was lovely and we gave it to him in person and I had chatted to him, interviewed him for about, you know, for a bit. And I was like, what are you doing next? And he said, well, I'm doing this thing, Ripley. I'm, you know, it hasn't been announced yet, but I'm going to play Ripley. Honestly, three years ago. Wow. And then, and I, and I saw him recently at a screening of his brilliant new film. And um, I was like, is Ripley, what's happening with Ripley? He said, well, obviously it was like COVID and the whole shoot was cancelled and it was like, it's being filmed all around the world, lavish locations. And I think he said it was twice it was the filming was delayed or cancelled. And so finally, three years later, and originally it was going to be, I think, for Showtime, and then um, Netflix had picked it up instead. So it's going to finally arrive fairly early on, I think, next you year. You had the exclusive three years yeah. ago. Yeah, at least three years ago, mm. and they've issued these kind of moody black and white shots of him in it, and and, and that, and that's, which is interesting. But that's one of the most exciting projects of next year, I think. Uh, well, I mean, the big news, the big news, Kay. Tell me, Deep Space Nine's oh. Alexander Siddig. <laughs> has been cast as a regular in Foundation Series 3, and this may be the most mean news ever. Oh. I am fucking cock-a-hoop. Dr. Bashir is going to be in Foundation. <laughs> Good one. Sorry. It's one of the Klingons, boy. Yeah, yeah. I threw my head back in despair. So <laughs> Your headphones head fell off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all did. Go on then, James. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm, I don't know who's playing, but he's going to be in... Foundation Season 3, the most exciting show that's currently in development. That's good. Um, 
Have either of you read, Kay, I'm thinking of you, Tad Williams' Otherland novels? Because He's in a role today. <laughs> if you have, you'd be excited to hear that a TV adaptation is in the work from the producers behind Wheel of Time and The Witcher. Uh, Otherland is a, a series of novels which kind of, weirdly, has a lot in common with, I guess, the likes of Ready Player One. And it's about a kind of a cyberspace. It's about playing like virtual characters in a video game so much so that you essentially inhabit the world that they're in. So it's that kind of cyberspace type metaverse thing. Mm-hmm. You can bet Mark Zuckerberg fucking loves them. Um, but they're, I mean, they're incredibly thick, dense books. I read them many, many years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pleased about that. Psyched. As you should be. As I should be. Yeah. Blue Eyes Samurai has been renewed for a second season. Oh, a lot of people will be happy with that. They will be very, very pleased about that because that's one of the best shows of the year. It's very, very good. Um, and Boydie, it turns out Baby Yoda is in the, uh, the Doctor Who Christmas special. What? Because I saw a picture, but apparently in here he's called the Goblin King. <laughs> uh, and he has, you know, sharper teeth. He looks teeth. a bit like Yoda. Yeah, yeah looks like he looks a bit like Yoda. Baby Yoda. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, I missed the, the, the bloody Christmas special. So is it too soon, Boydie? Should I not have brought it up? It is too soon. It's a bit sensitive. Why would you do that? What we should say is Davina McCall is in it, playing herself. Do you know that? I did cover that. We got that exclusively? Yeah, we got that exclusive. Kay and I knew that. Three years ago? Not nearly. Three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Or like, um, playing yourself, such interesting. And the, from what people, my, the feedback I heard from people who did get to see the Christmas special was that it was excellent. And that's no great surprise, obviously. But yeah, it's exciting. Are you going to get to see it, boy? I bloody hope so. <laughs> God, yeah. Yes, he will on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, like everyone yeah, else. 5, 5 Do you know what? This is, I think this is good for you for every now and again to experience life as a normal. Mm. No? Except, except RTD is clearly going to call Boydie up and invite him over to watch it at his house at some point. I mean, that would be cool. I mean, yeah, that would be good. Um, uh, that's what happened with the Office Christmas special. Do you remember that? Really? Ricky Gervais. I watched it at Ricky Gervais. You watched it at Ricky's house. Yeah, did I ever tell you that story? No, oh I haven't God. heard that story. You're a monster. I am a monster. Yeah. What happened was it, it was that first of all, he, remember he took part in that celebrity wrestling match. Yes. With Grant Bovey. No, He's boxing. One of the wildest thing. Sorry, boxing. What did I say? Wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> I was like, don't know. I mean, he that definitely would be, didn't do that. The boxing was mad enough, but wrestling would have been truly extraordinary. But it's one of the maddest things he's ever done. Um, uh, yeah, he did this uh, uh, this event, which I went to, and it was like in the beginning of December. And also his um, partner, Jane, it was her birthday, and it was right near my birthday. Jane our birthday, Fallon, the author. Our birthdays were on the same day. So it was like a mixture of things whereby we were both at the BBC. I think we were on Liquid News together. There was a whole thing. All these things happened. And the he planets was like, aligned. And he was like, um, yeah, you know, we're going, we're going to, I've got the I've got the tape of, the, of our Christmas specials. Do you want to come and see them? I was like, do I want to come and see them? So I went to, then he, was, he used to live above Russell Square in this like uh, Russell Square of course named after Russell Tovey yeah Russell Square and Russell (laughs) T Davis both and so yeah and and I watched the office the last two episodes ever of the office with him and Jane there sitting there watching it and yeah I mean imagine the pressure on me A the pressure to laugh along but of course it wasn't pressure because it's literally two of the greatest hours of television or 45 minutes however long they are in history but yeah that was that's what happened yeah that was one of my most incredible experiences <sighs> ever in as work in my job do you know what I am loving story time with Boydo because <laughs> yeah. you're pulling out some gems I mean this one not the first one but no. um, yeah. can you each each episode can, uh, each pod can you just tell us another kind oh, of I'm not sure if the listeners need that but that that just yeah why did, how did I get onto that by the way, what's the... Because uh... Uh, Russell T. Davis has invited oh, yeah. you over to his house yes, to watch Doctor Who. I have been invited over once by a, a, a TV living legend. 
And this goes for a huge debate. Ross T. Davis has mm. not yet invited me along. Empire's Nick DeSamlian had to watch uh, Once yes. Upon a Time in Hollywood sitting yes. in the row in front of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, oh, I've heard that story, yeah. No. I, wa- I watched Black Hawk Down yeah. sitting in the seat in front of Ridley Scott. Wow. And my phone went off oh my during God. the Jay. film. And I have never in my life wanted the bowels of hell to open up and swallow me quite wow, so I much bet. as that moment. Was it just you and him? No, oh, it wasn't. Okay. It was actually a proper big screening. Oh, of right, it, right, but right. I was the seat in front oh of Ridders and my phone and it worst thing is my phone has only ever gone off in a film twice in my entire <laughs> life the first time and I remember both of them because I was mortified the first time was when I watched Iron Man the original Iron Man uh, at least I think that was the first time whichever one came first what year was Black Hawk Down anyway it doesn't matter one of the times was <laughs> Iron Man but it's a relatively small screening and also I had a new phone with a new ringtone so it rang for ages and oh, ages and no, I did that thing where no. I was tutting and yeah, looking around like, oh, and, then, and then but later he was James. like oh Oh shit! Yeah. It's you, 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 you were like a meerkat in your seat, yeah. looking superior, looking yeah. around Tarsus. James refusing to accept the fact that it could have been him. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. still to this that's day. That's just a lot. Yeah. That is true. That is what did, happened. Um, Ridley yeah. Scott give you the stink eye? I didn't look. I didn't. I think is I did that thing where I I found it. I fumbled in my bag. Got it. Got it turned it off. And then I sunk down mm. in my seat and just felt the kind of beads of sweat prickling on my head and just didn't dare look round. Someone's phone went off last night at the screening I went to in the Q and A afterwards. A BAFTA Q and A for. This, this film American was it fiction. James? And it wasn't James and, it, and it, it was a terrible moment and someone had asked a really big important thematic question about this film to to, to the people on the panel and literally a really loud phone went off and, and the woman behind me went oh dear and I thought yeah you're right yeah, yeah. oh dear indeed oh dear indeed that helps yeah wow um, yes oh, have we finished news no well we oh, should yeah. say that Andre Brower passed yes. away at the age of 61 Andre Brower of course Legend. famous for a great many things uh, including Homicide, Life on the Streets, and of course, Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm. as well. And he was he a bit was of a legend. absolutely the best thing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is a funny show. It's a really fun, but he was fantastic in it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And he was in loads of good things. Always, always fantastic. Only 61 years old, died after a short illness. Terrible. Which was very sad. Mm. Very sad. And we talked about this at some length on the Empire podcast last week. Right. Shall we move on to this week's reviews? Yes. First up this week, we have a ghost story for Christmas, specifically Lot 249, which is the latest in Mark Gatiss's series of spooky seasonal treats. This one stars Kit Harrington and involves a mummy. So, Boydie, yes. did this one deck the halls or did they let it Jon Snow? Oh, I don't know. No, I would have said deck I mean, the halls, or is it a load of balls? Nice try. <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, this is. I so I'm a huge fan of um, Mark Gatiss's work generally. Um, Sherlock. He, he wrote the brilliant um, uh, adventure in time and space, or space and time. I was getting the wrong way around the the drama about Doctor Who about the first Doctor William Hartnell, which was repeated very recently on BBC Four, and they inserted specially a shooty gat one moment at the end, which was oh. brilliant. And I've talked about it on the podcast. No, which I didn't, that was yeah. an, one of the most amazing moments of the year. It's on my list for amazing moments of the year. Um, and he has been doing as the last few years because he's a huge fan of ghost stories and horror, etc. Um, he's been adapting um, uh, classic short stories 
ghostly ghost themed short stories into half hour um one offs if you like mm. and um, this is this is Arthur Conan Doyle isn't it it's an Arthur Conan Doyle story this is Arthur Conan Doyle yeah it's the first one by Arthur Conan Doyle Arthur Conan Doyle Arthur 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 and it stars uh, Kit Harrington and Freddie Fox and it's set in 1881 in Oxford University and it's about these uh, kind of academics who kind of dislike each other Abercrombie pl- played by um, uh, Kit Harrington and Bellingham played by Freddie Fox who's really kind of they're all posh young guys yes. and the third one Colin Ryan who plays Monkhouse Lee who's like a kind of he's like a kind of quite fey mm. sort um, kind of weakling a bit, bit odd as well bit odd yeah. kind of re- he has a religious thing going on Kit Harrington's the kind of like in quotes in heavy quotes kind of like the normally one yeah. you know, considering he is a you know he's op- a leader he's, of the pack yeah, yeah. mildly objectionable posh as opposed to everyone exactly. else who's insufferable posh exactly yeah, yeah. Freddie Fox is the insufferable one. Freddie Fox, who is amazing in Slow Horses, we should say. He's, he's, he's amazing in this as well, I think. Yeah. I love it. He's generally, he's fantastic. Um, and the, the he, basically, Freddie Fox's character is conducting weird experiments with ancient Egyptian Terrible artifacts. Experiments. <laughs> Terrible experiments, which he's cut, somehow got hold of. And um, the Monkhouse character, the Colin Rice character, has come under his spell as well. And at the, and, and um, Kit Arrington's character is trying to kind of you know, monitor what's going on between these two. And basically there's some kind of like mummy-esque creature that is kind of summoned to life by whatever the fuck um, uh, Freddie Fox's character is doing. It's, um, I I thought, you know, these these things are always like creepy rather than terrifying or yeah, scary. I wasn't scared. No, I was, it wasn't scared. But they, it is creepy, creepily effective. Oh, and, that's, yeah. and Mark Gates is brilliant at establishing that tone of creepiness where you're like, mm-hmm. and it just... And it's just kind of camp enough. There's a there's a definitely a massive homoerotic subtext to this whole thing because these are three <laughs> handsome young men, Oxford, who are constantly talking about each other and whether they're suitable. It's almost not even subtext, yeah, right? There's no, a conversation right. now where it's fairly yeah, overt. It's fairly yeah. overt, yeah, exactly. Especially like um, Colin Ryan's character who talks about, yeah, I've come under his spell, this, that, and the other. But the best, and I really enjoyed it. The best thing about it is, is that it is an adaptation of an Arthur Conan Doyle short story, and I won't spoil it. But there's a thing that happens halfway through a scene where um, Kit Harrington's character goes and visits a friend and who that friend turns out to be is rather lovely oh, that's all yes. I'll say I mean mm-hmm. it's I'm leaving it fairly obvious. It's not that big a spoiler. I've seen reviews. You know, Who could it be yeah. that Arthur Conan Doyle may be responsible exactly. for? It's a shrouded in mystery. You have to be. You'd have to be Sherlock Holmes to work it out. That's all I'm saying. Very and good. I know that's a spoiler, but listen. If James thinks we have to cut it out, fine. But it's the best. It's a lovely, lovely scene. It's a nice touch. Isn't it? It's a great touch. And I've seen all the previews, which I checked before I came on this show, thinking they all giving it away. They've all mentioned it. They've all mentioned basically that Sherlock Holmes pops up. And they, they do it in such a way, they don't call, name him. They just do it, make it quite clear because he wants to move to, he's going to move to Baker Street and he needs someone to move with him. Um, but the detail of that conversation is lovely and it's classic Gators because he loves weaving in, you know, references and Easter eggs and mm. all of that. And I think in the end, the main one of the main reasons he must have done this story is so that he could have this brilliant scene, um, yeah, in which we meet someone who may or may not be <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle character. You've said it now, it's there. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. It's great. I too enjoyed it. And I, you know, it's not scary. For anyone who, like me, gets a bit scared about that kind of stuff. No, it's just spooky. It's a bit um, odd, weird in places. It's homoerotic. It's got, you know, it ticks all those boxes. And I, yeah, I liked it. I think Freddie Fox is perfectly cast as um, Bellingham because he's just so sort of like creepy, weird. Yeah. I liked it. 
James is listen. James has got a weird expression <laughs> on his face, like he's about to let rip. But also, I mean, I know, as in, oh. as in, let's hope, yeah. let's hope <laughs> not in a hermetically sealed studio. Yeah, those fried bananas, man. <laughs> anyway, what you didn't like? It? I didn't like it. No. Uh, why not? I don't, it's I just fun, though. Well, it's think? not scary, as Kay said, and I didn't find it particularly compelling from a mystery point of view because there isn't really much of a mystery to it. It's fairly self-evident what it's about from the get-go they don't really make so I was just like I'm not quite sure what the hook is here because it's not frightening there's no mystery there's not a particularly complex story it's quite straightforward it's just a bunch of posh people being posh at each other mm. which obviously I have a certain amount of time for oh, I watched every episode of Downton it. Abbey thank you Boydie <laughs> do you know what that's fine but it's just like it just, I don't know it felt like I just thought... walking into the common room at Eton and I just... but it's inoffensive I d- like yeah that's, and that is what we look for in the year of big no, TV it was inoffensive no but as in I'm saying it like yeah it was inoffensive it because I just think yeah yeah. It was inoffensive, but ultimately, I'm sure I could have spent that 45 minutes better elsewhere. Three half an hour. Oh, okay. That's fine. Well, look, I've just got 10 minutes back. This is amazing. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just, I have a, a, a heart of stone, but I just, well, yeah. I mean, that's a given. Fair. I mean, yeah. Uh, but no, I was, I was just, I was sort of, I was, uh, Gently bored. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It just, you know, I, I, it, it didn't do it for me. Gen- Gently Gen- bored. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, should remember that for the next time we do The Expanse or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I thought there'd be more to it. I thought it was going to be, you know, a lot for 249 and it, and it, and it wasn't. I, d- I, I sort of understand what you mean, but I thought it was enjoyable and entertaining. Yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle, of course, known for his slightly more sort of wibbly wobbly windy stories. There was no wind. <laughs> wibbly wobbly windy, as, as you know, yeah. famously. Anyway, anyway, a ghost story for Christmas. Colon lot 249 airs Christmas Eve. On Christmas BBC Eve. BBC 2, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. You know what I should have said? Is this one Ebenezer Good? Oh, uh, yeah. Could have said that. Yeah. Too late now. Yeah, anyway. Uh, right, next up we have Percy Jackson and the Olympians, based on the Rick Riordan kids' books, which is about a young boy who finds out he's half god. Who better to talk about that than our very own demigod? It's Kay Ribeiro. <laughs> I like that intro. Um, so this, as you say, is um, based on the book. Yes. And um, so when we begin, it's a 12-year-old Percy who... Sees monsters everywhere. He thinks he sees monsters walking around like I don't know. I'm trying to make a sixth sense reference. It's not really working. Carry on. And um, his <laughs> teachers think he's got an overactive mad- imagination. Um, his best friend Grover tries to protect him. Not from, from Sesame Street. No, absolutely not. From um, tries to protect them from the bullies, including a girl called Nancy. But it's no good. Like Percy stands out, and he feels marginalised um, because, as we know, he has superpowers. In this first episode, it's basically a lot of scene setting and, and you know, they've built this sort of world of demigods, creature, winged creatures. There's all, you know. Um, all the stuff you love. <laughs> but you know what? Wait, let me just finish this. Um, but in this first episode, we basically learn from his mother that he is this, in fact, half-blood. His father was a god and half-bloods aren't safe in the world um, and are in danger until they can fight back, i.e. come of age. So that's this is the first episode. So... I know what you're thinking, right? That I would absolutely hate this. I didn't. I thought, I don't know what it is about this that I didn't hate. As, <laughs> I'm what? shocked. I thought you were going to Poseidon my chips. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, no, carry on. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to watch any more of it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you loved. Were it. you gently yeah. bored? I was gently. I think it's well done. 
I think it's really well done and I think it's, you know, I think people are going to really like it. It's just... You're not one of those people. (laughs) The world of the gods and, you know what I mean, like Greek mythology and all the rest of it. I mean, I think Grover was good because he brought some much needed humour for me. Um, But as I said, it's well made. It creates this magical world that many will want to inhabit, but I'm just not one of them. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you, it's much better than the film. The film, the That's Jackson a relatively film. low bar to clear. The film was rubbish, wasn't it? It was um, not good. Not good. This is much better, and and is you know, it's got a nicely kind of sli- slightly comedic tone to it. Um, so like the titles of the episodes are things like the, the first episode is titled "I Accidentally Vaporized My Pre-Algebra Teacher." There's a kind of um, nicely charming slash um, kind of really funny voiceover. Um, I noticed it directed these first three episodes directed by James Bobin, who, do you know who James Bobin is, Kay? Nope. He worked on Ali G back oh. in the day. And, and, in the um, house. Yeah. And, um, the house. Co-created Flight mm. of the Concords with the, with, the, with the people who were the Concords, if you like. Um, so he's, he's, he knows what he's doing when it comes to comedy and he's directed quite a few fantastic, he kind of specialises in fantasy mm-hmm. with a vein of comedy running through. So he's kind of the perfect person to direct this show. And I think he does a really good job. I think the VFX were good of the creatures. I thought, you know, James would probably have, I don't know, examples of some <laughs> kind of... Well, dreadful compositing. Some compositing no. issues. No, it was but fine. I, I thought it was fine. It looked fine on my laptop. Um, I'm a little bit like Kay, though. I enjoyed it while it was on, and I thought they did a really good job, kind of as good a job as you could possibly do with this material. I think the material feel... I just... I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a mix between Harry Potter Mm. and 5,000 other different kind of YA, early teeny fantasy type things. And I know it sounds... But I, ju- I just, I just think there's nothing that original about it. And, um, young. Yeah, well, too yes, young for me. that is, I think, the key yeah. issue I mean, the here. Key, it skews young. It does, and um, it doesn't come out of wealth with the, from the Harry Potter comparison. No, and this first episode also is all set up because it's all about Camp yeah. Half Blood. They don't even get there really until the second episode, um, and it skews young like it really does. Like I have a lot of time for YA stuff, but this isn't quite YA. It's actually more sort of like the older end of childhood rather than the younger OC. end of YA. Yeah, young why, child. So OC? The OC. It's yeah. OC. Older childhood. Uh, so it is because like Rip Riordan kind of, I guess, is like eight, nine-year-old is kind of is what it's aimed at. Roughly, they're about seven, eight, nine, maybe. Um, so mm. this does feel quite young. It's quite sanitized. It's, you know, the main characters, you know, he, he how old is he? 12. 12, yeah. yeah. So it feels like, you know, that's, it's always, I always think with those kind of things, yeah, it is, it's preteen. Yeah, exactly that. I was thinking if you look at the age of the main character, that's pretty much who it's aimed at. Um, And I think it is. I think that's very much what it is. So I, you know, it does a decent enough job of adapting the source. It is better than the film. Sorry, Logan Lerman. Um, But um, yeah, I just, I, I felt like, because I suppose Harry Potter is aimed young, but there's something about Harry Potter which is like, because it's so out there and it's so it's such a vividly drawn world and it's so magical, you do find yourself kind of getting sucked in despite yourself. This, I, though, however, while not a slog, did mm. not capture my imagination no. particularly. No. It, it, um, it, 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 the other thing that reminded me was Lockwood & Co. And Lockwood & Co. is so much better. But so Lockwood & Co. had more edge. Oh, no, totally. And was clearly aimed 100%. older. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think, how old was the main character in Lockwood & Co.? Like 14, maybe? Is it? Oh, no, older than that. Older than that, I think. I always thought it was about 16, 17, uh, Lockwood. Right, okay. uh, I could be wrong, but that was what I certainly how I read it. But... Um, he uh, like, but and also that's really scary. Like kids couldn't watch that. Kids could definitely watch this, yeah. and I think it'll be a hit for kids. Like, and if you have kids, absolutely, this is something you should consider showing to them. But uh, you know, I can't say that I would recommend it as essential viewing. Otherwise, 
No. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it lands on Disney Plus when, Boydie? December 20th. 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 December 20th. <laughs> December 20th, as yeah. it shall henceforth be known, yeah. on Disney Plus. Which Wednesday? Is, is that Wednesday? Well, yes. In fact, it is a birthday present from Disney Plus oh. to me. Oh. For it is my birthday. Lovely. That is not so how I'll be spending years. my birthday. But yes. You know your birthday is three days after Kay's, three days before Kay's birthday. Mm. That is. Um, and how many days after yours? Well, like 17. Mm. Yeah. But still, Sagittarius. Yeah. yeah. We're a we're a big old Sagittarian or Sagittarion for Battlestar Galactica. No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm Cat. Sorry, did I get your goat there? Oh. oh James. It's on fire. Yeah. There we go. There we if go. Only, and then you'd be heading down to HMV. Ouch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. Uh, let's get to our last shout of the week. And finally, we have The Winter King. This is based on The Warlord Chronicles by Bernard Cornwell, who also wrote The Saxon Chronicles featuring my beloved Utreda Beppenberg. Uh, this one, of course, takes place 400-odd years earlier than that, though, and is a tale of King Arthur, or I guess what would have happened if King Arthur had kind of lived in Camden and been heavily into Slipknot. Uh, Boydie, did you... Like this uh, Lancelot, or did you <laughs> more dread it? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, um, I yes, I I rather enjoyed this. Um, it's it's on ITVX, and it's definitely the kind of thing that they would never have done. I don't think ITV itself would ever have done without the fact that they created this streaming service, ITVX, when eventually everything that's on ITVX will be shown on ITV One, I mean, as, as this will. Yeah, but. This this has got such a kind of like big genre epic quality to it, and um, it's kind of got an un- quite an uncompromising adaptation of the. Well, I haven't read the source material, but it feels like it's, it's a streamer feel, doesn't it? Yeah, it just feels like very streamy. Yeah, yeah. It feels very Netflixy, Amazon Primey, Disney, Disney Plusy, <laughs> not Apple TV Plusy because it hasn't got the Apple TV sheen. Yes, of joy. Yes, it would be Apple TV if, if they'd added a couple of zeros onto the budget. Yeah, Apple um, TV Light. Yeah. yeah, but... Um, Apple TV Core. Exactly, yeah. Uh, steady. Look, at, he, was so so yeah, he was so happy. He's fantastic today. He was so pleased with himself that <laughs> yeah. his eyebrows shut up. Yeah, they really have. Um, oh, God. It begin- it's nearly Christmas. It also, I think what's impressive, about, at least about the first episode, which is over an hour long, by the way, um, is that it's got a lot... It manages to introduce the main character. So Arthur, these are... Basically, it's, it's, it's another version of the King Arthur story and Merlin. And but but from a different from a different point of view, it's like a different take on those classic legendary characters and this whole setting. So it begins with um, Arthur rescuing in the fifth century Britain, rescuing a, a young dude called Durfel, who has been impaled in a particularly nasty and violent <laughs> scene by these marauding Saxon bastards, basically. Mm. And the impalement is pretty hardcore, I have to say. And it, it reminded me of previous impalements on TV. Of course, there's Alan Partridge when he impaled. His foot oh, on the spike yes. on his way to. I mean, the, yeah. Not to not to be all. I think you'll find, yeah. but I think you find that Durfel is himself a Saxon, and he's oh, yeah, actually right. impaled yes, he by the snaky people oh. whose name the Solutions is it Solutions okay. something like that. Oh, they right, something yeah, like that. Isn't he a point. slave? A he is. He's slave. a Saxon slave. Oh, okay, right. That's fine. So Thank the you. question I often have because I'm not so good with Arthurian legend, but if because obviously the Saxon Chronicles about the Saxons, in this the Saxons are the villains. Yes. So, are the main are the main guys the Angles? 
Um, I don't know. Who knows? Who came before the Saxons? Oh, if you yeah. have a history degree, please write in and tell us. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't. Uh, but yeah, you're right to point that out. Thank you. Um, so, um, it's, and then Durfel is left in the care of his friend of Merlin, basically, who's like a druid leader, played by Nathaniel Martello-White. And um, there's also a druidess called Nimu, played by Ellie James, and they kind of look after Durfel. Meanwhile, Arthur's banished by his father, King Heike Eddie Uther, Marsan. Eddie Marsan. Yeah. Doing Who's brilliantly. Yeah. So, so, the, um, so you first get the impalement scene, which is heavy and violent enough, and you then get this quite long, lengthy scene oh. in which um, uh, uh, Eddie Marsan is really horrible to his poor bastard he is, son. He is a nasty bastard. He's a oh, nasty. He's, yeah, he's a raging twat. The impalement actually comes after the, the Eddie Marsan oh, scene. Yeah. Yes, See but, how long yes. ago I watched this? Yeah. Yeah, um, I watched it like weeks and weeks ago. I went to the screening. Um, I wasn't invited. There you go. You get your revenge. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this kind of quite lengthy talky scene, but it's absolutely brilliant because Ali Marsan is so horrible and nasty mm. to his bastard son, and you know, but hasn't got any other options because his other son's fucked up and uh, <laughs> fucked up. And Reed died. died. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just a brilliant sequence. And I and I, I think I remember at the time the at the Q and A when it went at the launch I went to, the creator was talking about how ITV One were like, yeah, you can have this really long extended scene, which is basically people having shouting at each other and talking to each other, but it works really well introducing those characters and Eddie Marsan underlines how fantastic he is because he is an absolute Yeah, he's great. He's terrifying and horrible and nasty. And then the whole thing kind of gets more into the medieval world of Arthur Merlin and their associates. Um, And Ian DeCastica, I think, is very good um, uh, as the heroic figure. But he's like a normal, as you say, you make reference to his Camden, his Camden (laughs) visual quality. Um, Well, there's a grubbiness to it, isn't it? There's a real, there's no sheen to this at all. It's muddy, it's bloody, it's dirty. dirty, Yeah, the weather is awful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> it's like Camden. It is yeah. like Camden, yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought it was well made. Um, you know, not a huge budget, but big enough. It looks it looks good. Yeah. Um, didn't, look, didn't look like they cut too many no, corners. exactly. You know. Well cast. I think the characters are interesting. Um, and, yeah, I think I'd, prob- I'd probably carry on watching it at some point. I mean, not urgently, but I think I will, because I think it's it's just about compelling enough. I felt like it was a lesser Cornwell to me. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's up there with the Saxon Chronicles, but I wonder whether that's, you know, because no one talks like a Viking, so that's presumably like a, that's a mark against it. But, uh, but I think... It's the, a mark for it. <laughs> yeah. Alexander Draymond's character in, in The Last Kingdom like, is so... It's very compelling. Like He's lost his birthright. He's taken away by Vikings. He's raised as a Viking, and then his Viking family gets attacked. Do you know what? There's a lot happening, like a lot of yeah. human interest early on. And while here you have, you know, essentially a son cast out by his father and exiled, you know, they take their time over the exile, I guess we've discussed. It's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. But... It's not, it wasn't as grabby and it may well, you know, get there and they are obviously working to source materials, no one's fault here, but it, it didn't, you know, because I was very excited about this because I love Last Kingdom so much and yet I didn't, do, yeah. maybe it was lack of Vikings, I don't know, but this didn't, this didn't grab me quite as much. But it's, you know, it's good, it's interesting, it's bloody, it's nasty, it's violent, it's all of those good things. I mean, it puts the dark in dark ages without a shadow of a doubt, but... um you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll see is the answer we'll to that. See. I am. My, the jury is we'll still see. out King on Arthur this. We'll see. That's yes. right. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Did you? Yeah. I really. That surprises I, me. I know. It surprised me. I was watching because um, I was watching. I had to watch it at work, and um, when I found out how long it was, because we were just. Oh, I bet you were it. furious. No, just because I thought we we're going to run out of time. <laughs> but actually, 
I was like, I need to watch all of this. I just don't know. I think it's because obviously, you know, it starts off, as you say, it's like a domestic, it's like a family drama, yeah. right? And I was so outraged. Like Eddie Marsden mm. is amazing. It's like the royal family with broadswords. Pretty much, right? And so he is fantastic in that role because he's a real nasty bastard. You feel really bad for um, his bastard son. And yeah, and also I spent a long time thinking one of the char- one of the people in that scene was Adam Driver. Do you know what I mean? One <laughs> no. of them really looked like Adam No, which one? I don't know. I'm just looking at the cast. Wow. I don't know if it's Billy Postlethwaite. I don't know. But one of them, I was like, wait, is that Adam Driver? But um, yeah, no, I just thought it was really good. And like, talk about tough love. I mean, that scene, I think it's worse than the impaling. Like, just watching him kind of be very yeah, brutal it's, with it's, his son. It's brutal. I mean, that's, it's not one to take parenting tips from, I'm saying. No. No. Um, but yeah, I... Um, Suffice to say, like, there were some bits I didn't get because, you know, like, I sometimes need a web diagram with all the different tribes. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I will watch uh, subsequent episodes. Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll graduate you onto the Saxon Chronicles, get your outred on. Do you know what? I, maybe not. One of my best friend likes that. Does she? Yeah. Oh. She's always going, son of, you know, that impression that you're doing. Outred up there, Ben Bear. She does that to me and I have to put her in. Like, son of Ragnar. I put her on a time out. Like, Sophie Petzl writes some of that, doesn't she? She, she writes some episodes, yeah, yeah. Of, of Last Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Well, maybe. We'll it's it quite go. confusing, The Last Kingdom and what's this one called? <laughs> this this one, one is called King. The Winter King. It's quite yeah. similar titles. I believe The Winter King confused. was the first book in uh, Cornwell's uh, Warlord. He's very productive, so, isn't he? Because these he, books are I mean, massive, aren't yeah, they? I mean, he, yeah, he, the man writes, has wow. written so many books. It's Incredible. absolutely insane. Incredible. Uh, yeah. So do you think I would like The Last Kingdom? I don't see why not. It's great. Maybe I'll give it a go. Who doesn't like a bit of Viking action? I mean, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was The Winter King. And The Winter King airs on... The ITVX. Thursday, Thursday, ITVX. Always Thursday for ITVX. These are easy Always to remember. Thursday. Always Thursday. Good, uh, you know, good on their part. Yeah. I think originally the plan was for them to show five episodes. It's 10 episodes, this first series. And they were going to show five arriving on um, Thursday, the 21st of December, and then the next five a week later. But I think they're putting them all out on the Thursday now. All out? Yeah. As a and, Winter King Christmas box set. Yes. That's very exciting. Uh, what else is out this week that we've missed? Well, the, this is my point that I made earlier that, you know, you've got the whole fucking Christmas basically coming well, up. Well, Boydie, what have we got coming up well, over Christmas? I will tell, tell us. you. There's Beyond Paradise is Back, which Kay is a fan of. Mm-hmm. That's on uh, Christmas Eve, nine o'clock, BBC One. Mog's Christmas. This is big animation on, on uh, Channel 4. Like Megan Mog. Yeah, Megan Mog is Meg Mog and Owl. Judith Kerr's uh, Mog, played, played by, well, one of the cast are Benedict Cumberbatch, Claire Foy. Zoe uh, Ashton, incredible voice cast in that. I, I used to love the Megan Mogg books. Did you? Yeah. Oh, who knew? <laughs> why? Oh, no, I did. Oh. I genuinely, when I was a little kid, I loved the Meg Mogg and Al books. I mean, why shouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Um, exactly. The last episode of Ghosts ever. Oh, yes. Oh, it's the Christmas yeah. special. Christmas it's the Day. finale, isn't it? Christmas Day finale, mm. 7.45 p.m. What if season two... On the 22nd on yeah. Disney Plus. There you go. EastEnders on Christmas Day. EastEnders mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, the big whodunit storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a brilliant, there's a tribute to Carolina Hearn. There's a whole night of Carolina Hearn based um, stuff on BBC Two on Christmas Day, which is brilliant. Um, I think it was her birthday on Christmas Day as well, so that works out very well. Call the Midwife, Christmas Special, which is traditional on Christmas Day as well. Um, I know James is particularly a big fan. I of am Mrs. very Brown's excited Boys. about that. Oh, oh, Mrs. Brown's Boys, the TV show. The TV show. Yeah. Back for its very, very traditional Christmas and New Year's special. Last one? Vera. <laughs> he no, says, hopefully. It's not. Uh, they'll <laughs> carry it. on forever. Vera is back on Christmas Day on ITV. Death in Paradise back, back on uh, Boxing Day on BBC One. 
I'm just going through. Based on a true story, comes to Skymax, I seem yeah. to recall on the 29th. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. That's supposed to be really good. That's like an American, I think it's like a satire on um, true crime, isn't it? That's a satire, not a satyr, which is what you'd find in exactly. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Exactly. That's what Grover is. Exactly. Wednesday 27th is uh, Kay's Murder is Easy. Kay, mm. Kay Ribeiro's Murder is Easy. Highly recommend. Is it good? Really good? Yes, I like it. Even though it hasn't got Poirot in and you know I'm obsessed with Poirot, it is good. ITV1 is showing Nolly, which is Russell T. Davis's mm. um, original ITVX. They're showing that from Wednesday, consecutive nights, three nights, Wednesday the 27th. Isn't, uh, aren't people able to get their Coburn on over Christmas? What do you mean? Holland Coburn. Oh, yes. Because Fool Me Once is New Year's Day, isn't it? New Year's Day, mm. yeah. On the, going, Netflix. on the oh, Netflix. Oh, sorry, I've skipped ahead, Boydie. Carry no, on. I'm going in Carry order. On. You know, I'm roughly going in order, but you, you, you just I'm just ahead. skipped ahead. You, do you. you anarchist. <laughs> yeah, that you are. Um, Friday, Mortar and Whitehouse go fishing special, which I love. Oh, Men Up, there's a one-off feature-length drama, which is not a film. With you and Rian. Exactly, you and Rian, um, and Anarin Bernard, mm. and uh, Joanna Page, and that is co- produced by the company the Russell T. Davis runs, um, and he was at the launch I saw this week in um, Wales, and um, that looks very good, actually. Drama. And it's about the creation of um, Viagra, the drug that turned into Viagra. And that's why it's hence the title, Men Up. The treat of the entire Christmas holiday season. Oh. Bring it on. Big claim. Is on the 29th of December on BBC 2 and 9th. The Kemps. Oh, all God. God. <laughs> the follow-up to the, hill, the funniest, one of the funniest TV shows ever. A spoof mockumentary about Gary Kemp and Martin Kemp of Spandau Ballet. It's fucking hilarious. I saw that at the launch recently. It's really, really good. Um, uh, and on we go because this is the Christmas new double issue and I'm afraid we don't have a, an episode coming out covering because of my laziness because of uh, James's laziness yep um, they're re-showing the Friends Reunion on the sky don't tell him that sorry <laughs> um, but they are so I have to mention it um, nothing much on New Year's Eve oh the Famous Five arrives on um, famously iPlayer <laughs> famously <laughs> produced by Nicholas Winding Refn this is the Nicholas oh my, Winding Refn yeah that's Refn. right yes I mean who put those two things together Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So from 11.30am, you can watch it on BBC One and you can watch it on iPlayer, I think, earlier than that. And actually, I've, I've heard it's supposed to be really good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but apparently it's it's it, it's not it's not perverse like Nicholas Winding Reference films are. It's just really good and really well made. Fight then, we get to New Year's Day, which is a huge day for yeah. drama with the return of the tourist. Season two. And yeah. I interviewed, just today in fact, I interviewed um, Jamie Dornan, which I think we're putting that in our Christmas Yes, day. that will go out on our review of the year special. Review of the special. And he was in tremendous form. And at the same time, that's nine o'clock BBC One. At the same time on ITV One is Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, which stars um, Toby Jones and Julie Hesmanhout. And this tells the true story of the people had to f- who were accused by the Post Office of stealing money. And it was actually mm. down to their fucking ridiculous computer system. And it's one of the most powerful, moving, emotional dramas I've seen in a long, long time. It's slightly annoying, I think, that these two shows clash. I know, obviously, they'll, they'll both be streamed. You can find them on there. Yeah. Different, but... I think they're both absolutely brilliant. They're, they're, these are both New Year's Day. Honestly, they're contenders for best show of the year. When we get when we do this this time at the end of 2024, <laughs> they will be contenders. Honestly, because they're both absolutely brilliant. I, I think they're fantastic. You know, there's the Peaky Blinders Ballet. Do you remember I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, that's on BBC Four that day, New Year's Day. So there's a lot. There's a lot on that day. Um, should we go beyond that Tuesday? Uh, no, that's fine. Oh, what are we doing? The Shadows new series on BBC Two on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. Uh, the Traitors is back on the 3rd yes. of January. Yes. James, are you well going to watch it? No. Live? No, I'm not. What? 
<laughs> didn't you quite, didn't, we, didn't we force you to watch this? Yes, episode? you did. Oh, yeah. And I thought but it was he, good. Yeah, yeah, he said it was good. And he said when it was on next time, you'd watch yeah. it with I, us. No, I thought it was good in the way that Kay thinks things are good. When she goes, no, no, I really liked it. Are you going to watch it more? No. It's one of those. <laughs> was that an impersonation? No, apparently so. Slightly high pitched. Mm, anyway. Apparently so. Um, Wednesday, the 3rd of January, True Love is on Channel 4. Haven't we True Love. Interviewed Clark Peters for this, I imagine? That? We actually have. <laughs> right. We have interviewed Clark Peters for this, and the uh, that will air in the first pilot right. after the new year which is right. on the 8th Monday the 8th okay well that this is Channel 4 it's quite, it sounds quite bold I haven't I haven't seen it this launch happened while I was away in New York you, you didn't go to it Ken? Mm. It's, it starts the whole cast is in their 70s and it's about mm. assisted suicide and, and the kind of morality of that and of having, trying to find a dignified death but the cast is fantastic Sue Johnston Peter Egan Lindsay Duncan Clark Peters Carl Johnson they're all brilliant brilliant actors so that's uh, that looks very good he said making a loud uh, magazine turning <laughs> uh, Accused comes to Paramount Plus on the 4th does it? It does. Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. So when you say does it, I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Or rather, I have written it on the calendar for the fourth. Right. Whether that's accurate okay. or not, Which who one knows? Is that? Which one's that? It's the Paramount Plus one, and it's the one that's called Accused. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, Julia definitely comes to Sky Atlantic now. Season two of Season Julia. two on Thursday the 4th. With, yeah, with Sarah Lancashire proving, I mean, a character that could not be more opposite to Catherine Cawood, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, does arrive on that day. Uh, there probably are some streaming things I might have left out actually. So let me just double check those. The basis on two stars. You said you said that that's on the 29th. Mm-hmm. There is the the one we went to see with the food. The castaways. The castaways, which is Boxing Day. Yes. So the castaways starring Sheridan Smith, which we watched the first episode of, it was very compelling. I thought yeah, and gripping. Uh, Paramount Plus Boxing Day. All five episodes available of that. And um, there's probably other streaming things I'm missing. I mean, out. that's enough. To be Ricky Gervais's the, the recording of Ricky Gervais' his new Armageddon stand-up on Christmas yeah. Day yeah. on Netflix. Um, I mean, that, that's enough. But this is why we should have had the extra episode. All right, well, listen. <laughs> All of which was Boyd's passive-aggressive way of yeah. saying that me refusing to do another episode so was a disservice to everyone. To be fair to James, we all need a long lie down. Yeah, I mean, Separately. Yeah. Uh, like, like, and not to put too fine a point now, I'm sure Kay would have been delighted if I'd said, oh yeah, by the way, so we've got a couple of episodes we're going to do over the Christmas holidays. Yeah, that would have gone down well, I think. I would have done that, James. Don't do it. Don't try shit. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> Look at that little rat. Look. I mean, Boydie, yeah. I would have done it. Yeah. I would yeah. absolutely have right. done it. But you hey, you know, yes. I'm going to pay. Oh. A very brassic Christmas. I forgot oh, that one. Yes. That's on Thursday the 21st oh, on Sky Max. There's I so much. That. I really like All that. creatures great and small. Here we go. Christmas special. Here we go. It's a really funny sitcom on BBC Wildlife. Friday, 8.30, Friday the 22nd. All I the mean, things you I've could have heard about if now. James wasn't such a lazy bastard. <laughs> exactly. Do we have a pick of the Christmas? No, well, let's stick with the pick of the week. What do, what do we have? This week. Mm. I'm going to say the Winter King. One for the Winter King. Yeah, I might go along with that. Boydie's Winter King. I think so. I would also yeah. go Winter King. Yeah. So I guess it's Winter King is the king of this week. And it's winter, so that works out quite well. Uh, exciting times. I guess that's it, guys. It must what do you, be. I mean, what we're, you... we're at the three-hour point. Oh, we are. There's also an Imagine on Rusty Davis on Monday Boyd, night. Boyd, stop when this looking at Boyd, stop. Just Come stop on. now. Stop. <laughs> stop. People have enough TV to get on with. They don't need any more. No, there's more. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Oh, my word. Um, yeah, this is our last regular, I should say regular show of on 2023. So on the reg indeed. So we will have, obviously, a Pilot Plus on Thursday. Thank you again for subscribing. Uh, and we'll have a review of the year special, which will be dropping on Christmas morning as a special treat. Oh, what a treat. Uh, what a treat. <laughs> the Adam and Joe podcast. No, Adam, Adam Buxton does his um, 
podcast special every puts it on Christmas Day morning which with with um, Joe Corner. So that's who we're competing with. We're competing with that. Okay, yeah, we're competing yeah, for ear space with yeah, Adam and Joe. Yeah, uh, and we'll have a uh, yeah. That'll be it. That's it. So we've got one pilot plus mm, and one review yes. of the year, and then we are that done until it. the eighth of January because I am just that lazy. A monster. A monster indeed, indeed. But thank you very much for listening. You know that's uh, that's delightful. If you would like to show you your appreciation, indeed made it to the end of this. If you've made it to the end of this episode, yeah. uh, please. I'm sick and tired of the sound of my own voice, by the way. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> uh, please do head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five business class seat rating for Boyd. <laughs> uh, and, you know, do follow us on social media. I mean, Boyd, frankly, don't follow Boyd because he has enough followers already. But uh, follow me and Kay because, frankly, we could use the help at Carabara, at James C. Dyer. Also at Pilot TV Pod, which is where you'll be sending all of your missives for Kay mm. next year. I'm, do you know what? I'm looking forward to doing yeah, it. So January. am I. <laughs> no, we're going to have fun Kay's with going to be sending out some tweets about, like, you know, um, the the, the what is it? The, oh God, that would, be, that would be funny if I no, remember no, the title. Just have a little think, come on. The traitors. The traitors. Yes. Oh God. Sorry. Oh God, indeed. Uh, yeah. So, so what? What are you guys doing for Christmas? No. Oh. Just lying down, literally just mm. falling asleep and lying down, being uh, fed loads of nice food and main, mainlining some good TV. Yeah, similar. I've got lots of BAFTA film sources as well because I'm a BAFTA films voter. Oh, so are, are you? Boy, do are you, you ever switch off? No. <laughs> no. This very night, James. By the way, listeners, this very evening, James and I are going to see the Stranger Things. Play, we're going to the theater. Which, if we had another podcast, we've seen now, we could talk about that. That is true. We but could we talk about. Maybe we'll talk about it in the new year. Yeah. What the Stranger Things play was like. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's like a TV hybrid. TV that's right. Yeah, it's like a prequel theatrical experience. Yeah. A prequel yeah. to, to Stranger Things. So that's exciting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What so, about you, James? What will you be doing at Christmas? A lot of episodes of Banshee to watch, if I'm honest with you. He'll so, be in uh, his Christmas onesie. <laughs> my Christmas onesie, yeah. watching Banshee on the sofa. Yeah, uh, yeah that's quite possible to do. I do, I mean, I have a lot to get through because, like, we're supposed to be doing a For All Mankind spoiler special in the we? like, second week again, of January or something. Again. No, 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 not invited. No idea. <laughs> no, no, you are invited, but wow. crucially, I'm First not because I still haven't watched season three. First so, I've bloody yeah, heard of it. If, you can't be invited. You literally just mentioned it now. If I don't get on with that Absurd. over Christmas, then I'm not going to be able to participate. So that's, you know, impetus to to do that. So we'll see. And also, we've got the, the, the um, Brit Marling's Albert Manage chat. When's that going up? Uh, was Zal in there as well? I thought it was just no, Brit No, it was just Brit, you're right. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. did you just factor, did Zal just <laughs> drop very, by? He's very, very jet lagged. <laughs> he is very so jet lagged. Yes, the, no, so that, the, on this Thursday's Pilot Pass, ah, okay. we will be putting out our final uh, It's Only Murders at the End of the World <laughs> right. uh, spoiler special and your Brit Marling spoiler interview will go right. on the end of that as, okay. a, as another okay. special festive treat Fine. for Pilot Plus subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're done. I think we're done. We'll see you on Christmas morning. Until then, a very Merry Christmas from all of us at Pilot TV. Um, a, a very Christmassy pilot out. Mm.